Hey everyone, Gator Gary here. Before we get into the show, I just had a quick favor to ask you. Oh, jeez, oh, I, I hope I'm not being too forward here, but if you could give the podcast a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, gee whiz, that would mean the world to me. Women tend to find me repulsive, usually projectile vomit upon seeing me before clawing out their own eyes and running away in terror. So, dating isn't always easy for poor old Gator Gary. But if I could put in my Tinder profile that I'm the star... Co-star. Oh, sorry. Co-star of a highly rated podcast. Oh, wow. I think the ladies would really be impressed with me. Who knows? Maybe a few might even swipe right for a change. So, friends... If you could please help support our podcast by sharing and reviewing it, I'd really appreciate it. It won't cost you a dime, and it'll really help this poor lonely human alligator man find a reason to live. And with all that aside, on with the show. Greetings, listeners, and thanks for tuning in. We got a fun little show planned out for you, but before we dive in, I want to go over the Lost and Found right quick. We just have a few items in the Lost and Found this week. The first is a shell necklace. The second item is a brown wallet with the initials PG embroidered into it. And the third item is a twofer. What we have here is a giant anaconda that appears to have swallowed up an old woman whole. Judging by her wiggling outline, I suspect she's still alive, at least for now. So if you're missing an anaconda and or your grandmother, we have them down here at the radio station. Unfortunately, it looks like you'll have to cut the snake open to save the old woman, so hopefully they belong to the same person. Otherwise, whoever gets here first gets to choose which one lives and which one dies. But I'll leave that up to you. Not really my place. I'm Squatch Ronson, and you're listening to the Backwoods Radio Show. We got cannibal children and mutant-mandators. Razor-blade candy and human-skin traders. So please come on down and be the lucky Discarded guts from bloody Wendigo terrors right here in Snap County. Right here in Dog Snap Sheriff Bo would like to remind the folks of Dog Snout County not to engage with the hoodie-wearing figures who have been roaming about town. Disregard any and all requests that they throw your way, and ignore their pleas for help. Don't let them fool you. They are not human, and therefore, they have no needs. They are just sentient hoodies that have been exposed to too much radiation 
and require the consumption of human beings so as to maintain their shape. In other news, the town sacrifice has been postponed. The event that was scheduled for tonight has now been rescheduled for two weeks from today. As you all know, the town sacrifice is a monthly event held here in Dogsnout County. A wonderful affair in which our humble residents gather together accompanied by the sacrifices of their choosing to pay homage to the benevolent creature known only as Putrid. Attendees arrive at the aptly named House of Putrid with sacrificial lambs in tow. Figuratively, I mean. Literally, they're just tours that we capture. And then we go on to feed those unsuspecting tourists to the namesake of the establishment. The House of Putrid was originally the Creaky Trees Church of Latter-day Saints, before it was consumed by the substance known as Putrid. For those of you new to Dog Snout County, Putrid is a giant pulsating mass made out of a black, tarry substance with root-like tendrils that spiderweb across the walls of the church, even going so far as to wrap around the outer entrance. No one is quite sure where Putrid came from, but Pastor Finnegan Marsh, former leader of the church, believes that Putrid was birthed from the sins of Dog Snout County. In his mind, our little town is the heart of evil here on earth, and his thesis states that Putrid is the manifestation of that evil. And I'm not sure why he thinks so low of all of us. I mean, sure, we slaughter quote-unquote innocent people and have incestuous sex with our siblings while we wear the skins of our victims, but that ain't sin. That's just being a libertarian. American freedom at its finest. Anyways, as it turns out, Dog Snoutians went the extra mile last month, bringing with them a whopping 37 tourists to feed to the entity. As a result, the deity that is contained within the House of Putrid was overstuffed after the most recent haul. You see, just beneath the surface of Putrid's outer layer of goo is a sort of glowing life force that changes color depending on its mood. If a red light is emanating from the entrance of the church, then we know Putrid is hungry. If it glows purple, then we know Putrid is full. As of the time of this broadcast, Putrid's life force indicates that it is indeed stuffed, and thus, Putrid requires more time to fully digest those that were tossed into its gorge last month. While it can be challenging to interpret the message of a giant glob of viscous black goo beyond the changing of its life force colors, Putrid's publicist has confirmed that the gelatinous godhead was satisfied with the most recent haul and is genuinely grateful for our commitment to its cause. Now, what that cause is, we're not entirely sure. Hence why we continue to feed the beast, for fear that if we fail to satisfy its eternal hunger, that it might just consume all of Dog Snout County. Putrid expects to have its bowels fully evacuated in the next couple weeks and appreciates your patience during this transitional period. The entity's publicist has indicated that Putrid is looking forward to the next town sacrifice. And now, here's everyone's favorite half-man, half-alligator weather mutant, Gator Gary, with today's forecast. <laughs> Looking at cloudy skies right now with a high today of 32 and a low tonight of 24. 
The holiday season is here, and I know all of you were hoping for a white Christmas. Unfortunately, it didn't really work out that way. But while we didn't get a white Christmas this year, we are getting the next best thing. A powdery white substance is currently falling from the sky, but don't be fooled. The powder is not snow, but is in fact anthrax. The downpour was caused by an explosion at our local anthrax factory here in town. As many of you know, here in Dogsnout County, we have kept up the age-old tradition of mailing anthrax to all the major government agencies. It's our way of thinning the herd in an attempt to cut down on federal raids here in town and to bring America closer to the libertarian cannibal utopia that we believe that it should be. And the only way to do that is to eliminate the bureaucratic state, hence the anthrax factory. That's right, Squatch. But today, something went horribly awry at the anthrax factory. Apparently, one of their interns was misbehaving, and so the HR department took appropriate action by tossing the intern into the furnace. What they didn't realize is that the intern, having slaved away for many, many years, had finally had enough and drank a whole gallon of gasoline in an attempt to kill himself. So when they tossed him into the furnace, the whole place exploded. And now, anthrax is raining down on Dogsnout County. The catastrophic event has been a huge hit with kids in town, as school has been cancelled in lieu of a snow day, uh, or rather, an anthrax day. Children have taken to the streets and are lying in the powder-covered grass making anthrax angels, rolling up balls of the hazardous substance to make anthrax men and others have been seen standing outside with their heads tilted up at the sky as they try to catch anthrax flakes on their tongues. Oh, the joys of being a child. Now we're gonna take a quick lunch break here, folks. I've been experimenting with cloning myself and, well... Things haven't been going so good, if I'm going to be honest with you. Most of the clones have come out looking all lumpy and lacking in vital organs and even limbs. My poor little squatchlings spend most of their waking hours screaming in agony, and so I thought the most humane thing to do would be to put them out of their misery. But being the frugal fellow that I am, I hate to see perfectly good human flesh go to waste. So, I figure I'll just dip them in my industrial-sized deep fryer and send them back from whence they came. Inside me. We'll be back in a jiffy. In the meantime, here's a little song I cooked up for you. It's a collaborative piece between me and some of my interns. And I hope you enjoy it.
That was The Living Impaired by the interns I just killed. Now, we're at about the halfway point of the show, and the way I sees it, I've done enough yapping up to this point. So, why not turn the mic over to one of our fine listeners and let someone else do the talking for a change? You're on the Backwoods Radio Show. What can I do for you? Hi. May I speak to Mrs... Mrs... Squatch... Squatchin? Squatchin' Ronson? Uh, if you're looking for Squatch Ronson, you got him. This is David Harris from Transuniversal Investment Firm. Look, buddy, I'm trying to do a radio show here, so whatever you're selling, I ain't buying. Yes, yes, I understand. But let me tell you something. Before you hang up, if I could offer you a truly outstanding opportunity, could you be liquid for an investment of $5,000? Could I be liquid? Um... I mean, I guess so. I do have a meat grinder here in the studio. I suppose if I have Gator Gary turn it on and I jump in there, I could be liquefied pretty quickly. No, 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 no. I mean, if you are liquid financially, do you have $5,000 that you could invest in this amazing opportunity? Dollars? You know, dollars, dough, shekels, bones. Oh, bones. Yeah, I got plenty of bones. I have a whole shed full of bones. At least 10,000 bones easily. That's wonderful news. Now, if you were to invest that money with me... Oh, you mean money. No, I'm talking about actual bones. Excuse me? You know, bones, tibias, mandibles, skulls. You name the bone, I got it. Um, I think we're having a bit of a miscommunication here. You see, I work for an investment firm, and I'm calling you to see if you would be interested in investing $5,000 into this amazing opportunity. You see, sir... Look, pal, I already told you, I ain't interested in whatever you're selling. No, 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 Mr. Squatchin. I am not selling you anything. I am giving you an opportunity. Where did you say you're calling from again? Where am I calling from? Oh, I'm calling from my yacht. A yacht? A yacht? Is that like a boat? That's right. It's like a boat, only bigger. I'm sitting here surrounded by beautiful women overlooking the ocean because I made the right decision. And I want you to make the right decision. I don't appreciate being hassled like this, buddy. What's your name? I already told you my name. David Harris. David, let me ask you something. You ever hear of the brown note? Brown note? Uh, no. I've never heard of the brown note. Well, you're about to. David? Yes? Put him on. He wants to talk to you. Hello? Oh my god. It's everywhere. Hi, Mr. Sinclair. Let me ask you something. How many people you got in that there office? What? I don't know. Maybe 60? Perfect. Put me on speaker. What? Why? Put me on speaker or I'll play the unsound for you. What's 
you don't want to know. Now put me on speaker. Sorry for all this vulgarity, folks. I, I'm not usually one for poop humor, but I gotta say, nothing tickles my fancy more than making a grown man shit himself, let alone an office building filled with roughly 60 grown men. More women? Who's to say? Anyways, with all this chicanery aside, let's get back to some good, clean family fun. And by good, clean family fun, I'm talking about ejaculating on a giant cockroach overlord. It's time for our special someone segment. Our special someone for this week is none other than the subterranean humanoid locust person, Krimtar the Wise. Y'all know Krimtar. He's a dear friend of the show and has made appearances on multiple episodes. What you might not know is Krimtar the Wise is actually the soothsayer to the horde of humanoid locust folk who live beneath Dogsnout County. He gets his moniker, The Wise, on account of, well, how wise he is. He's just brimming with insight, overflowing with wisdom from his toes all the way up to his antennae. The locust folk of the swarm have always turned to him when they are in need of sage advice, and Krimtar has always delivered. So, when Krimtar saw some shady goings-on within the catacombs, he felt that it was his responsibility to step in and say something. You see, the swarm worships a giant, morbidly obese insect man known as the Roach King. And every month, the Roach King summons all the males of the swarm to his chambers to engage in what is called the Blessed Bukaki a ceremony in which all of the locust folk males crawl upon his hulking gelatinous body and empty their ejaculate sacks onto his face. The Roach King claims that this practice is done so as to fertilize him with the seed of the locust folk so that he may give birth to millions of larvae and further the evolution of the swarm, similar to a queen bee in her hive. Thing is, the locust folk men are fully capable of copulating with their wives and do so all the time, so there's really no need to engage in this ceremony at all. And not just that, but the Roach King is a male, and therefore is incapable of being impregnated. The Blessed Bukaki has been going on for decades, and not once has the Roach King produced any sort of larva. After years of enduring this violation, Krimtar had had enough. It was quite clear to him that the Roach King was nothing more than a giant, fat, hedonistic pariah who used his power to persuade the fine locust folks of the swarm to satisfy his perverted sexual desires. So, at the most recent Blessed Bukaki, Krimtar confronted the Roach King in an attempt to expose him to the rest of the swarm. But things didn't go over so well. The Roach King accused Krimtar of being anthropodophobic and even went so far as to smear his reputation by invoking a propaganda campaign, 
which is basically just a propaganda campaign directed at insects in their pupa stage so that by the time they hatch, the negative information is already ingrained in their psyches. Krimtar was promptly banished by the swarm and has no more than three days to vacate the catacombs. If he fails to do so, he will be tossed into the sacred spider dome where he will be bound in webs that will slowly constrict around his body until his head pops off his shoulders. But extradition is no better. Remember, the locust folk melt when exposed to direct sunlight, so Krimtar is playing a losing hand here. Either he's killed by spiders or he's killed by the sun. I reached out to Krimtar to question him about the whole ordeal and asked him if he regretted his actions. He told me if he could go back in time, he wouldn't change a damn thing. He'd rather die free than live as a slave in the hive. He hopes that his sacrifice may shed some light on the matter and expose the true, sinister nature of the Roach King. He proclaimed that dying for the well-being of the swarm so that the young locust folk of the future may one day be able to live their lives free from the clutches of the Roach King was not some saintly action, but nothing more than his civic duty as soothsayer to the locust folk. Krimtar was willing to give his own life to protect the lives of other insect people. And that's why Krimtar the Wise is our special someone for this week. We're going to take a quick commercial break here in just a sec. But when we return, I'll be tying up the show with the traffic update. So don't you touch that dial. In the meantime, here's a word from our sponsors. Today, 
Gary, we couldn't get a better sponsor than two flatulent idiots selling corn? Uh, sorry, Squatch. I'll put some more feelers out and try to get more legitimate sponsors. I'm sorry about that, folks. Anyways, we're nearing the end of the show. But before we sign off for the day, here's a quick traffic update. The only road in our one-road town is currently in the midst of a huge traffic jam as an ocean of a thick, black, tarry substance has flooded the streets. And if that weren't bad enough, it appears that the substance has some acid-like qualities to it, completely dissolving the cars of commuters as well as the commuters themselves. Coincidentally going along with today's completely unintentional theme of immature poop and fart humor, the substance appears to have come from the House of Putrid, specifically from the anus of Putrid itself. Just moments prior to the flood, a deafening, booming screech echoed across Dog Snout County. Folks were concerned that it might be the seven trumpets of the apocalypse, as foretold in the book of Revelation. But, as it turned out, it was just a big old fart that Putrid had been cooking up for weeks. A thundering toot which was immediately followed by a volcano of hazardous diarrhea erupting from Putrid's butthole. Bad news is, the mess on Main Street is not expected to be cleaned up anytime soon. But on the bright side, it would seem that tonight's town sacrifice at the House of Putrid won't be cancelled after all. And that's very good news. Uh, unless of course you're one of the folks being sacrificed to Putrid, then I suppose it's nothing but bad news for you. Well, friends, that should just about do it for today's show. I've been Squatch Ronson, and you've been one heck of an audience. But before I clock out for the day, here's a bit of advice. Sorry, couldn't resist. Backwoods Radio Show is produced by me, Michael LaRusso, featuring voice work this week by myself, Adrian Zambrano, John Simmons, and Kristen Simmons. If you like the podcast, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts and be sure to share it with your friends who also have a fucked up sense of humor. As always, thanks for listening. Baby, when-